Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. I have a pretty great guest today, Kyle York. Uh, he's the VP of Product Strategy and the General Manager for Oracle's Dyn, D-Y-N. Uh, we're going to talk about cloud computing and global DNS. Kyle, how are you doing? Great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. No problem. So, uh, you know, I, Oracle has a pretty strong brand. Um, I personally don't know a lot about it, but can you give just like a, a brief background on, you know, the company itself and then let's get into what you're working on there? Yeah, absolutely. So really nice to connect. Uh, so, you know, Oracle, uh, the leading enterprise software company in the world, very famous for its database. It's a four-decade-old company founded by Larry Ellison uh, back in the late 70s. And, you know, continues to evolve with the times and is very much focused these days on its cloud transformation and focusing on taking our um, products uh, that have historically been run on-premise, transitioning those applications, those platform services, and those infrastructure services to cloud-as-a-service uh, uh, offerings from the business. Uh, I actually came to Oracle uh, through the acquisition of uh, my company, Dyn. Uh, I'm still the GM of that global business unit, but I'm also a VP of product strategy in our Oracle Cloud Infrastructure Group. And a big part of my job is uh, continuing to drive product strategy, uh, help accelerate roadmap, uh, help build and launch solutions, continue to kind of evangelize and do market development work uh, for Oracle Cloud infrastructure in the market as we as we really make a dent on the future of clouds. Well, just like a cloud itself, um, I don't have a great idea on all the potential uses and the big benefits of cloud computing. It's like nebulous, you know, just like a cloud to me and probably to a lot of listeners. Can you talk about why... Uh, cloud is so important and maybe some of the benefits that people don't even think about or know to think about that it brings? Yeah, well, I think cloud is uh, sort of broadly defined uh, three layers of software as such tends to be the applications, companies that exist in that world, uh, you know, it'll be like Salesforce.com, uh, you know, Oracle has a suite of products in the SaaS world, um, you know, many companies like Zendesk and Zora who just went public. These are software as a service. I think the applications that you interplay with now access through a web portal, you, you log online, and just like you'd visit a social media site. Um, platform mm -hmm. services are typically uh, services that IT operators tend to use to uh, manage, deploy, uh, develop, uh, analyze applications uh, that are running on what the third layer is, the infrastructure as a service layer, a lot of, a lot of where my career and focus has been. And a lot of what you hear with AWS or Microsoft Azure, Google Compute Platform are, that, that's cloud infrastructure and infrastructure as a service landscape. And the reason it's so valuable is, you know, the days of needing to, you know, open up a data center, get physical space, uh, you know, buy servers, physical hardware, uh, you know, work on transit partnerships and security inside a data center, much of that is now being outsourced. Cloud vendors is, in essence, the ability to uh, lease infrastructure from someone else, uh, rent the capacity you need on demand and scale uh, with all the benefits that you would have had inside your data center um, on a, in a multi-tenant environment from a, from a cloud vendor. So 
there's lots of great security, performance, scalability, uh, flexibility advantages of cloud, especially cloud infrastructure. And I think that's driving such momentum there. You know, if a company tells me, uh, you know, they have cloud infrastructure, that's great. And I probably feel safer. But in, I don't know, in your opinion, is that enough for enough redundancy if uh, there's a problem? Is cloud mature you know, enough that, you know, you really have no problems? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we're a decade in. I think I would answer that, you know, a little bit more sky is falling. Uh, the, the straight answer is no. I, I mean, I, I think there's always uh, vulnerabilities. Uh, there's bad actors on the Internet who are consistently attacking brands, applications, infrastructure, uh, data, uh, looking to hijack, hack it, steal it. Uh, so I think, you know, one thing that we talk a lot about and, you know, coming from Dyne, uh, which was the company I built, you know, we were the world's leader in the domain name. Uh, services, uh, domain name systems, the, the DNS. And basically the concept there was we would basically uh, put human identifiable domain and point them at IP addresses or a set of IP addresses that would live behind a web property. And we would do this for the world's largest brands. Think Twitter, Netflix, uh, LinkedIn, you know, the largest web properties online that are global by nature and have user and traffic volumes that are, that are you know, of incredible scale. And the, the reason I bring up these services is, is these are all about um, smarter traffic controls, traffic management, uh, user experience, uh, performance and availability improvements. And at the end of the day, an IP address is, is um, the, the set of numbers that define your infrastructure, whether that's on-premise in a data center or in the cloud. So for, for us, it's all about making sure the end users access to whatever application or workload or web property that exists running on infrastructure or in the cloud um, is highly available, highly performant, highly secure. And so it's really about, yeah, the cloud and the data center might be fine, but is the internet pathway to get there um, supportive and highly available? And, you know, I think Oracle with four decades of experience and being an enterprise technology company kind of leads from like having high service level agreements and great compliance, you know, extra measures when it relates to security inside our cloud data centers that, you know, that, that, that make it unique and make it, you know, a differentiated story once married with that data visibility and control and the traffic flows that I mentioned a minute ago. What, what are some of the big challenges, you know, uh, denial of service attacks, um, you know, other inherent weaknesses that you can discuss? I'm sure some is proprietary, but yeah. you know, what do you yeah, see no, as the I mean, big challenges cloud has to overcome? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the scale, complexity, and volatility of today's modern internet, of which applications are tending to lean more towards a hybrid cloud deployment or a full cloud deployment, especially new new applications that are coming online. You know, you don't, you don't default anymore to, to building your own data center and buying hardware. You default to how do I run this on the cloud, right? So whether it's a cloud, cloud migrant or a cloud native, that's the way you think. Um, uh, there, there's loads of things going on. I mean, I think uh, distributed denial of service DDoS attacks um, are absolutely on the rise, um, both on you know, applications and domain space, but also on the core infrastructure that these applications run on. Uh, you know, we see, we see, you know, a half a dozen attacks a week, for example, on our network alone uh, that we have to mitigate and fight on behalf of our thousands and thousands of customers. Uh, but, you know, there's things like BGP hijacks, the middle attacks, DNS cache poisoning attacks. Uh, you're even seeing, you know, a bad API script gone wrong, someone fat fingering a DNS change, right? Like, I mean, it's not always uh, nefarious uh, bad actors. It could be just, you know, human error. Um, and, you know, we're even seeing volatility as it relates to, 
nation-state conflict, uh, you know, government-imposed shutdowns on uh, on internet access and availability, um, you know, uh, service, you know, state-run service provider uh, shutdowns, things like this that are just exist on today's modern internet. Um, given it's a distributed, you know, uh, uh, network of networks, right? It's it's that's how the internet's naturally architected. So there's a myriad of attack vectors that exist. Uh, you know, before you even get into the data and, and, and data hacking and, and, and data theft and things like that, that I think many times um, it's sort of an afterthought when you think when you hear more around uh, security, you hear a lot about data and endpoint protection, but not necessarily um, the infrastructure side of the equation. Any uh, insights about the structure of the Internet itself that surprised you because of the work you do? And anything that, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, has it changed recently? Is it uh, what people think it is? Well, it's a moving target. I, I don't think people realize when they access the Internet um, that they're, you know, even let's say your provider at home is Comcast or Time Warner, right? I think you think that they just give you Internet access and, and you're kind of all set, right? Um, it's kind of like the electricity, right? You, you you don't really notice or take, you know, you take a little bit for granted your, your lights in your home until it's pitch black uh, when you're trying to cook dinner, right? So I think this is, mm. this is natural of how we, we think about the Internet. If you go to visit a web page uh, or buy, a, you know, whether you're going to buy a pair of shoes or read the news or communicate with a friend, if it's not working, you know, we have the attention span of goldfish. You're just going to move on and do the next thing. Um, but you're not necessarily thinking of what actually went wrong. You tend to want to blame, you know, the X provider's website that you were going to visit, but it could have just been the serv- service provider or the path to get there or the infrastructure platform it's hosted on or the, SaaS platform that's being delivered via. So I think these are the dynamics that I don't think people completely understand. Uh, again, there's literally thousands and thousands of transit providers, network service providers, uh, cloud providers, uh, platform providers that exist on the world who are sort of stewards of this system built on trust. And inherently, it's consistently evolving and changing and, 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 and on, on purpose, but also, you know, based on a lot of these uh, real-time events. Very interesting. Okay. Um, what's uh, any future techs that are going to be interacting with cloud? I think maybe perhaps blockchain may be affecting how it runs because it's big yeah, into distributed systems. Yeah, I think so. Systems. I mean, just, yeah, if you think about distributed systems and a system of ledger, I think it's definitely into the future. Um, there's definitely areas where Oracle is looking to innovate in. I think also, you know, a lot's happening now in machine learning and artificial intelligence, especially as I related earlier to the, the traffic flows and thinking of how networks are architected and how end users interface with applications, right? Like what's what's good traffic and bad traffic into my website? Like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to wait till you, you know the answer to that. You want to be able to, you know, put algorithms in place, ensure that you're preparing your sort of security posture for you know, future attacks or, or, or patterns of attacks. So like, you know, what are good IP addresses? What are bad IP addresses? Good domains? What are bad domains? You want to create black and white lists and gray lists and make sure that you know, that's not, you know, human interaction, uh, but that's, that's code and, and AI that's leading the charge there. So I think you're going to see a lot more in ML and AI as it relates to uh, infrastructure capacity, infrastructure scaling, performance, security vulnerabilities. Uh, that's definitely a, a massive area of investment for us at Oracle. AI is, yeah, it's really interesting in defending against the attacks, but, you know, are you seeing any people uh, using AI or can you tell if they're using it to create attacks? 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's tough to decipher what's AI or just automation and like scripting, right? But I mean, the majority of attacks that happen on the internet are entirely based on uh, API scripts and you know, botnets being launched into the wild, right? So you're seeing that you know, a great deal. You know, it's not like one dude's launching a DDoS attack from one location in his parents' basement, right? He's he's infiltrating home routers and he's launching that attack from tens of thousands of devices. And, you know, the, the only way to do that is through automation and API. Hmm. Yeah, I guess, uh, like I said, AI will be used on, uh, on both sides to prevent attacks and also to uh, conduct and adapt during an attack. If you if you literally think about like the internet and internet infrastructure and you you bring it all the way back to the physical, I, I know I made a pun about the dog, but I mean if you bring it all the way back to the physical of protecting your office or your home uh, or your school, you know basically behind every great website or application or, or internet network there exists you know infrastructure like literally physical technology computers that are plugged into a wall, right? And you know. If you think about that from like if that server was you know right across the table from you know how would you potentially disrupt the brand that's running on top of that server just like a storefront or a retail venue or your home right so you know right. you need all different levels of protection right from you know the 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 basic levels of working with great enterprise grade cloud providers like an Oracle but also having a bunch of different tooling whether it be open source third party monitoring redundancy across providers uh, both the physical security and the kind of potentially uh, bleeding edge AI type uh, security. So like these things all like in my brain, I try to simplify it down to, you know, remembering that the internet eventually always gets back to the physical on both the user side and the infrastructure side. And it's all about uh, ensuring performance scale and, and security along the way. Can you see the presence of nation states, you know, on the internet and uh, any insights into how they act versus uh, corporations or individual users? Yeah, I mean, I think there's constituents and stakeholders across the entire internet landscape. Um, I think nation states have been an interesting one. Um, but again, it's not always for, for malicious intent. Uh, right now, for example, in, in Syria and Iraq is exam season and the internet's getting shut off in both locations to uh, prevent cheating on exams. Right. Um, you know, it, it's just nation state control over Internet uh, access and, and, and connectivity. Right. Um, you do also see uh, different levels of attacks from time to time happen in interstate uh, nation state conflict. Um, and these are the types of things you know, we're sitting on something like 220 to 250 billion data sets, data points a day on Internet traffic and traffic routes and trace patterns and domain and IP space. Uh, so we have a really unique lens at Oracle into the internet intelligence uh, that exists online to, to kind of try to derive uh, insights and context over, you know, what's happening on this system that we now rely on. You, um, I read about, a, you know, a virus called Stuxnet that was supposed to be uh, super sophisticated and possibly could have been, you know, created by a nation state. Did you have any interaction with that or any visibility into how it acted or what it did? I think that's, that's the one that was, you know, uh, potentially came out like several years ago, but it's kind of reemerged. Is that correct? Yeah, it was supposed to target, I guess, um, centrifuges that, that spun, uh, you know, uranium to create. Oh, that's right. That yeah, 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 uranium. that one, yeah. 
Yeah, so we we had no direct uh, visibility to that. I mean, we we tend to see a lot more and, and be involved in sort of prevention of a lot more like botnet style attacks. Um, you know, we were we were in the throes of the Mirai botnet a couple of years ago that was you know infiltrating homes and taking over webcams and you know devices and routers in homes and launching DDoS attacks. Uh, so you know, I mean, we 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 study all of these things. We definitely inform opinion and thoughts. Uh, we sometimes play a role in preventing uh, them, but I think, uh, you know, Stuxnet specifically, you know, we weren't really involved. In I think I ended up seeing the uh, the documentary on that that was really amazing, actually, how that was all um, uncovered. Mm. Any um, attacks you're seeing out there right now that are, uh, you know, that surprise you or amaze you and their sophistication or new things on the horizon? I mean, it's, I would guess it's probably proprietary, but I figured I'd ask, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, again, all these different attacks are unique. I mean, I think you're seeing um, variants of attacks that are bringing together, like, different style attacks. Like, so you'll see uh, DDoS attacks mi- mixed with BGP hijacks, for example. So, like, like pulling together different, you know, protocol-level attacks, uh, you know, to, to potentially infiltrate systems and, and, and steal information or, or bring down properties, right? So I, I think that's what we're starting to see is a lot more complexity in the uh, – same types of attacks you've always seen, but they're not—they're not your uh, your grandparents' attacks anymore, right? They're—they're—they're they're, mm. they're more distributed. They're—they're they're more multi, very multi-layered. Uh, they're more global. Uh, these are the types of things. Um, and again, you need to be relying on uh, cloud partners and infrastructure vendors who are doing this at scale. Uh, with a proven track record of uh, an accountability towards availability, performance, security. And I think that's the thing that we always challenge folks on is it's, a, it's going to be a hybrid cloud world. Uh, make sure you have diversity in provider and make sure the provider, providers you work with are accountable to service levels and performance that you expect uh, to operate your enterprise. What about, um, you know, blockchain? It seems like it's, you know, there's tremendous hype about it. It's, it's uh the ultimate way to have distributed computing and it's secure and all that. I mean, do you see that as uh, something that Oracle is going to interface with or use, or is it still really, uh, does it have drawbacks that make it not workable for, for cloud computing? Well, I think, you know, I think you, as you're seeing in sort of crypto and all that, the computing power required um, is still, you know, really saturating sort of global compute, you know, uh, capacity, right? So I think this is sort of a, a way to go, uh, you know, when you get to that sort of uh, general ledger, you know, blockchain style um, distributed computing that needs to ensure that the uh, compute capacity is also in line um, with that dis- distributed level of edge computing, right? So um, it's definitely an area we have our labs teams, a bunch of our, uh, you know, le- leaning in sort of um, R&D efforts, like looking at, focusing on, thinking about, uh, but it's something that I think we see a little bit more on the horizon um, at this stage. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted your opinion because, again, there's just such hype and such promise, and, you know, you're in the world of cloud computing. I don't know if it's, uh, it's going to be a big deal or it still needs to mature a bit before it's truly useful. I think it needs to mature a bit. I think everybody's dabbling. I think all the major cloud vendors uh, have teams working on blockchain and, and, you know, again, AI and ML and all these really kind of bleeding edge areas. Um, I think uh, blockchain is definitely one that uh, will continue to evolve. Uh, I think you'll see a lot of like more developer oriented toolkits coming out for people to play with it. Um, but I think, one, you know, to get it to really be enterprise grade, enterprise scale, SLA backed, uh, 
uh, services for computing, I think uh, think is uh, a little bit more further on the horizon. And you talked about um, governments shutting down their internet. Is that uh, is that an easy thing for a government to do? I mean, you know, the internet appears to be distributed and available to anybody, but does it have weaknesses well, I, where it, it's pretty easily shut down in a big area? Well, I think it's country-specific, right? In the United States of America, we're one of the most interconnected uh, societies on the planet, right? So there's uh, loads and loads and loads of providers. And again, to some of these countries, there might only be one service provider in the whole entire country, right? Um, mm. You know, during Arab Spring, uh, you know, Egypt, uh, during the uprising, uh, you know, the internet was shut down. And that's, I believe there were six or seven providers in the whole country of Egypt. So again, it, it's very dependent on um, the sort of uh, the, the nature of how the internet is run and managed in these countries. Some, I mean, some of these countries, the the service providers are, are government-owned and government-run, right? And there might only be one or two. Um, so, again, it, it's very different. It's very country-specific. It's very um, kind of regime-specific, government-specific as you get uh, into some of these far-reaching parts of the world. Um, but I think undoubtedly the uh, commonality is the internet's growing everywhere. Uh, uh, the uses of the internet uh, for different areas of commerce, communication, I mean, things that we never would have thought we'd use the internet for, you know, five, 10, 20 years ago. Uh, it's how we all kind of exist in our daily lives. So, you know, just imagine that, at, at um, you know, ev- you know, evolving nations and, and nations that are, you're going all mobile out of the, uh, you know, the sophistication of the platform may not always be in line with uh, user, uh, user adoption. So these things are all moving really fast at the same time. And every, every country honestly has a different variant of like the infrastructure capacity and then the internet usage, uh, and, and those things you can probably correlate uh, uniquely in each individual country. On that note, we also like you know yep. we we've tried to democratize a bunch of this, and in, in just a couple of weeks um, we'll be we'll be taking some of this to we're launching something called the Internet Weather Map. Uh, the Internet Weather Map is kind of democratizing a bunch of the unique data capabilities I mentioned that we have to build a better cloud. Um, and it puts it, you know, those solutions in the hands of, of anybody. I mean, you could, you could play with the tool, uh, dig into a country level, uh, internet performance uh, view, uh, and it's meant to be a resource hub for, you know, the internet, internet community to get a better understanding of how it all interoperates. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, any major projects that you can comment on that, that, you know, Oracle is working on that's going to be, uh, you know, consumer facing that'll be of interest? Yeah, I think, I mean, Oracle, everything Oracle does is really living behind sort of uh, you, the consumer, by working through the enterprise buyer and the CIO organization. So all of our technology is enterprise technology for um, CIO, CTO, or in the enterprise to, you know, build better uh, solutions for their customers and bring applications into their constituents in their market. So a lot of the work from an Oracle perspective, everyone knows the Oracle brand, but it's not a consumer-facing brand. We don't we don't have an e-commerce property. We're not a search engine. Um, we're we're laser focused on enterprise technology. Uh, but it's enterprise technology you're interfacing with every day. It just happens to be behind the scenes of the of the major properties and companies and brands in the world that you interface with. So a lot of what we're doing is really for that enterprise CIO. You're, a lot of investment in our global infrastructure platform. We're, we're, we're rapidly exp- expanding that infrastructure platform. 
uh, on a global regional build out. We're building features and capabilities uh, around security, around performance, around containers and container management. So it's really more the infrastructure side of how the uh, properties on the internet today uh, continue to scale, fight these attacks we talked about, uh, and continue to build uh, relevancy in businesses on top of Oracle. And just last question too. Um, you mentioned that uh, you know you'll see attacks just about every day. You know who's who's doing the attacking on the internet lately? You know and why? Do you have any insight into what's going on? Not you, is it? Um, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't <laughs> have the know, sophistication. I'll, I'll... Uh, I can't well, even stop the dog barking. <laughs> <laughs> I know, geez, what'd you do to that thing? Um, no, I think yeah. I think honestly, um, these things are always very d- difficult to triangulate on, right? I think uh, attacks come in many different forms. Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes it can be an individual bad actor. You know, there's been very famous attacks launched by a kid in his parents' basement. There's you know uh, attacks like the Stuxnet virus that you pointed out earlier that. Your nation state sponsored or rumored to be nation state sponsored. So I think I think there there's variants of these and there's uh, there's there's you know kind of on demand research that happens to try to dig into them and provide context when they're happening. But many times it's an unknown um, unknown dynamic that we're all left facing as internet practitioners and internet operators. Uh, and you never really you know a lot of times you never really know the precise answer. Uh, to that question. Um, but I think more and more these days, you're just seeing bad actors on the internet. Uh, you know, you hear things like DDoS for hire, uh, you know, data, data breach for hire, you know, people, you know, I think there's a lot of underground uh, dark web stuff that's happening. That's, um, you know, real, really unfortunate hard, hard to know exactly you know, where it's coming from. But I, but, but I, I kind of like put my head at the pillow at night as a guy who spent his career in infrastructure and like, I really do believe that there's like like more good guys out there in in, mm. in companies that are trying to provide great value to uh, technologists and enterprise CIOs to sort of change the game and try to stay one step ahead of these bad bad actors. And I think I, I bet on the resources uh, of these big companies as well as the resources uh, and the commitment of the good guys, especially as AI and things like that uh, come into play to to be able to you know practice disaster. Avoidance, not just disaster recovery. Are you able to? Um, I, I guess if you're going to provide cloud service to a company, you know they they can't be operating in a, a bad neighborhood of the web. I mean, are you able to evaluate that, and are you able to see what areas of the web are yeah. uh, seem to be every associated with bad has, activity? Yeah, every company um, you know tends to have uh, their you know written or unwritten rules on the types of companies they choose to work with. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we at Dyne had that for many, many years as an independent company. And inside Oracle, you know, we're really thoughtful, especially in cloud, because it's multi-tenant global infrastructure. And, you know, obviously, it's always got to be legal. <laughs> um, but I think right. there's also fringe, area, fringe areas in different jurisdictions that, you know, end up a lot of times and many times being sort of, um, uh, you know, diff- different companies have different views based on leadership and and their opinions on, on the space. So there's definitely a bunch of areas we shy away from. Um, uh, obviously, only do work with companies that are not under sanction or, or countries that are not under sanction. Um, and you know, try to keep the, the cloud platform as pure as possible. Oh, very good. So uh, for interested parties, what's the best way for them to find out? You know, more about Oracle and uh, I don't know if Dyn's still operating independently, but you know, the projects you're working on and more about cloud. Yeah, computing. absolutely. Yeah, so obviously Oracle is just at oracle.com. Um, you can also find us at oracle.com slash IAAS, which is my group. Uh, that's the Infrastructure as a Service team. Um, 
We're on Twitter as well at uh, Oracle, at Oracle, at Oracle IAS. And you can also find Dyne at Dyne.com and at Dyne. We are operating as a global business unit where we bring to market our best of breed DNS and, and, and web security uh, and internet monitoring services. So we, we'd love to chat with you. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at KORC20. Uh, and really enjoy you having me here. And uh, best of luck to you, Rich. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.